Hey, My Mom's Basement listeners, you can find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube, and Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. For us, golf is simple. It's a chance to get out and have some fun with our friends. But inevitably, little things have a way of ruining it. The group ahead is taking forever. You can't find the fairway with a map. And the Bev cart is nowhere to be found. And the best way to make a bad day better is Fireball Whiskey. You get their nips, the little shooters. They are great. Makes a bad day way, way, way better. Make sure to grab the new Fireball Birdie Shot Club. It's literally a golf club filled with Fireball nips. Put it in your bag. It'll fit right in that side pocket. Drink Fireball nips and have a great time on the golf course. With Brandon Walker, Jared Carabas, and of course, as you've seen in the title already, Big E of the New Day. Before we get into that interview, let me remind you guys once again of our sponsor this week, Fleischmann Salon. I've been getting my hair cut there for a few years now. It's been a game changer for my hair. Erica has been cutting my hair. A bunch of the other guys at Barstool as well. and She knows men's hair better than anyone. And I am very excited to share with you that Fleischman just launched their new damn good hair product line with everything you need to keep your hair healthy, clean, and styled in this quarantine. They've got shampoo, conditioner, sea salt spray, paste, hair cream, and this gummy vitamin to help your hair grow, help it grow healthy, clean, whatever, like they said. I've got the early release. I got it about a month ago. I've been using it. They're awesome. They all smell great. They smell masculine, not perfumey, not overwhelming. You're going to get compliments on how good your hair smells. And since no one can get haircuts right now, you need these products now more than ever to keep your hair clean, healthy, and styled so you can look good on all your Zoom meetings, your FaceTime calls, whatever you need. All four of Fleischmann salons are closed for Corona, and Erica's 25-person team is not able to work, so she's going to use all of the net proceeds from these sales to pay her team while they're out. Check out their online store at FleischmannSalon.com, where Erica has videos up on each product to teach you guys how to use them properly. You can subscribe now and save 10% using whatever frequency you want, two-month, three-month, whatever, and not have to worry about running out of product. So go to FleischmannSalon.com. I'm going to spell that for you again, so get your pen out, get your notepad. F-L-E-I-S-C-H-M-A-N-S-A-L-O-N.com. Use the promo code MOM, M-O-M, and you'll get 20% off, okay? So go help them out. Support Erica. Support the team at Fleischman. Support Barstool while doing it. Use the promo code MOM. You'll get 20% off. You'll support your own hair as well. Now let's get into this interview with Big E. And I am here with the From the Top Rope Boys, Jared Carabas and Brandon fucking Walker. We are also here with Big E. He's joining us to talk SmackDown on USA Network tonight, Friday. And of course, you're wearing the uh, Tampa Bay hat. I got to ask right off the bat, how you feeling about Gronk? How you feeling about Brady? Are you giving Kofi shit already? Mm-hmm. Of course, of course I am. How could I not? Uh, it's a new day in Tampa Bay. Yes, it's, it's a bit of a, that was actually there's like a there was um a, this is when I was a kid. I can't remember. I was looking for the commercial, but they used to run this like ads. These like it's a new. I can't remember the jingle, but there was a jingle. It's a new day in Tampa Bay. It's supposed to get people excited about the Bucks because they were horrible for years uh, when they were playing in the old sombrero. Um, but anyways, how can you not be excited? We got Brady and Gronk, and I just want a circus. That's that's what I want. I'm not like. Whether they get to the playoffs or make a Super Bowl run, that's whatever. But I'm I'm here for the for the circus. Um, so what are your excited. actual expectations? Like, do you think like what what record are you kind of like? What's what's the floor? What's the ceiling for you? Um, I I think uh, I think eleven wins is very possible. That's like I'd be happy with eleven wins. Uh, I think the the defense needs some shoring up. But man, with Mike Evans now. 
um, with Gronk. Uh, they, they're receivers. Uh, they got some weapons uh, on offense. So uh, I don't know. I think it's hard to say. I'm intrigued to see what they do with the draft and what pieces. They have some pieces to fill, I think, on the offensive line. Uh, they could use a pass rusher, but we'll see. I'm excited to, uh, to see where that goes. How's that offensive line? I don't even know. Uh, if I'm being honest, I, I just re-jumped on the uh, Bucks bandwagon. So, okay. uh, <laughs> so uh, I need timing. some time to catch up. And don't blame me. Because no, 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 no. For the no. last you can't decade, just jump and jump and jump. Did you want me to, to sit down and watch every single Buccaneers? It was painful, man. It's yeah. painful. So I'm actually I'm a big college guy. So college football is my baby. Uh, and I, I'm a bit of a lapsed uh, Bucks fan, but so, I, I'll, I'll admit to being back on the bandwagon. I'm a bandwagon Bucks fan, but I grew up in Tampa, uh, so and I live here now, so I'm allowed that. And don't are you me. are you completely an Iowa fan when it comes to college football, or do you still have some childhood connections to Florida? Um, I grew up a Florida State fan, but <laughs> I mean, right. who, who wants to be a Seminole fan these days? <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. it's horrible. So I'm, I'm definitely an Iowa guy, and, and the cool thing for me is Coach Ferentz has been there since 1999. Mm-hmm. So I, I got there in 04. It's the same head coach, the same strength coach and Coach Doyle. Uh, we have – there's like four or five coaches that I played for 15 years ago that are still there. So there's a lot of continuity. Um, they show me a lot of love. I was back there a couple years ago and got to see the, the new facilities. So I'm definitely an Iowa fan. But I've also – like college football was my first love. And I, I love the Big Ten, so I watch Big Ten games. I'll watch – I'll always try to catch the big games, though. Like, I'll, I'll watch everything. I'll, I'll try to watch the big games. So, I'm just a college football junkie, and uh, I'm really intrigued to see what happens with the season. Um, obviously, I hope they do the safest thing. But uh, the talk of doing a spring or a winter season mm-hmm. is interesting. I don't know how that would work, um, especially with a turnaround. Like, if you were to play games up until May, are you expecting guys to have a couple months off and then jump right back into another season? I don't know. Well, that's going on with athletes in every sport. And I know you guys are no different. I'm sure you're just waiting at home, waiting for the call to go back to work. I know you guys are still, you know, you got SmackDown coming out tonight and you got SmackDown coming out every Friday night. But how anxious are you to get back out on the road? Yeah, man, it's um, obviously safety is, is the, the most important thing. But I miss being in front of fans, man. It's, it's not the same. I, I will say I'm, I'm glad we have an outlet. And I know people feel different ways about, why we're still performing but um i i'm very thankful to to still be performing um and uh but it's just not nearly the same as being in front of a crowd and obviously i was excited to have wrestlemania here in tampa that's mm-hmm. down the street that's a yeah. huge that's huge for me you know to be able to perform and like i had a high school all-star game when i was 17 and raymond james uh we played when i was at iowa i was hurt that year but we played uh we played florida in 2005 or six. In the Outback Bowl. In the Outback Bowl, yeah. I think it was uh, January 1 of 2006. But anyways, like, I have, like, I've played in that stadium before. Um, it means a lot to us, like, as a fellow Tampanian. So that was a bummer, obviously, to not be there. But uh, it's not, I feel like a lot of sports can still go on. And it's not the same without fans. But I feel like what we do requires fans more than any other sport or live entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think also, you know, I feel like we're, we're making the best of it, of the mm-hmm. situation. Obviously, we, we should not and can't perform in front of fans right now. And I'm so grateful for that. But uh, obviously, you know, fans play such a huge role in the production. So yeah. it's, it's a very strange time. 
you mentioned fans. You mentioned WrestleMania. Uh, Robbie and I were at WrestleMania uh, in New York a couple of years ago uh, when Kofi wins the title. And that was the biggest crowd pop I, I want to say I've ever been a part of. Um, do you think do you think that that match should have ended the show? Because, like, obviously, like, the main event was, like, the first women's WrestleMania main event of all time, and it was, it was historic. But in terms of, like, sending the crowd home happy with the best possible finish that you could have, do you think that that match should have gone on last? Uh, I think as far as the best story, I think for sure. But I completely understand. Like, I, I feel like I have an understanding of the scope of Ronda's star power of the kind of year that Becky had, and of course, Charlotte. So I, from a company standpoint, and also from, like if you're looking for a clip to put on uh, NBC the next morning or Good Morning America, and it has Ronda Rousey uh, and Becky and Charlotte, I understand there are, there are soccer moms, there are people who don't watch wrestling who will know Ronda's name, who will understand her star power. So I completely get that from a business standpoint. I think from a, a more hardcore wrestling fan standpoint and what had the better buildup, what had uh, more momentum, I would say uh, Kofi and, and Brian. I think the whole, I don't know what deserves, like I, I don't know if deserves even means anything in entertainment because there are a lot of people who are extremely talented and hardworking who never get opportunities. But I, I think if that went on last, I think it would have closed the show with a lot of people very happy. Perfectly. If they, if they yeah. would have done that two-night WrestleMania one year before, maybe that would have played a different factor, you know? The crowd being as tired as they were by the end, if night one would have ended with Kofi and Brian, night two ends with Triple Threat, maybe it could be something for the future. But something that I think made that moment so amazing was your reaction and Xavier's reaction to Kofi winning. It was as if you guys all won that title together. And that's what the New Day has felt like your entire career pretty much since you guys have been together. So I wanted to ask you, as a guy that's a massive fan of the new day and wants you guys to stay together until you all retire basically has it ever been close to you guys actually breaking up has it been pitched where it's like i think tonight's the night uh yeah we we've had some we've had a couple times i've heard rumors in the past and then uh, i'm trying to think of how to say this without getting myself in trouble we've also had a <laughs> conversation with a very important person who said all right this is the idea um, but we've, we've been adamant about it because I feel like I, I understand why fans want to break up. I get it because it's something new, but if you look at the history of breakups, at least since I've been on the main roster, tell me one besides the shield, which was to me always designed to be a super group. Um, and they were always designed to, to break off and be individual stars. I can't think of a single breakup that benefited all members. If you look at uh, Rusev Day was so hot, especially when we were yeah. working with them, I think around 2017-ish. Uh, yeah. they, we worked them, and they were so – they were getting great reactions on a nightly basis, super over. Uh, and then you have them break up. Aiden turns on Rusev, and I think Aiden is off TV like two or three weeks later. Mm-hmm. They don't even get like a big – I don't think they even had a pay-per-view match or a big blow-off there. Uh, and then I don't think Rusev's career benefited from it either. Uh, you could say the same thing about the Wyatts where they were great together. And Braze had, Braze had a different run, and he's gone on. You can argue that Braze had a, another level of success afterwards. But I think it's very rare. I think the chances that all three of us would be, we'd break up, and all three of us would have great runs, I find that to be very slim. Also, 
we're having so much fun as a group. We have so many opportunities that if you split us, the podcast is out the window. There's, there are so many things that happen outside of the confines of a 20 by 20 ring, as far as media, as far as appearances, as far as uh, TV cameos. There's merch. so many uh, merch. Yeah, there's so many things that we can do. And we're still this unique entity uh, that there's, I don't, there's not like, we had end zone cast years ago that were fun, but I don't think you really have anyone filling that void. If you break us up, what are we going to, I'm going to go back to being serious. I'm going to turn on Kofi. And now like, what kind of dynamic do we have? We're going to have a triple threat. It just, to me, I don't see a feasible way to do it. And I always thought, man, we, we pitched ourselves as a faction. We wanted to be a faction from the beginning where Kofi can have a singles, me and Woods can have a tag, or I can have a, a singles run. The other two can do a tag. We wanted to be this, this dynamic group where we could pair off and leave each other and, and still be together and pursue these different goals. Uh, and it just, we kind of got, I don't want to say stuck in the tag role. Cause I love tag team wrestling, especially like I've, I've kind of been in 2015 ish. That's kind of where we were forced into. And I never really did a ton of it. But I've really grown to love tag wrestling. But I just really think there's so much we can do that we, we've only scratched the surface on what we can do because we can do things. Not only can we have our own programs, but I'm open to turning heel. Or, like, we, we came out doing that pseudo Nation of Domination stuff, and we yeah. never really got to have a run doing that. So there's, there's just so many more levels of what we can do without breaking us up. To me, that's a lazy fix is break us up. And then what? Yeah. That's yeah. comforting. That's so comforting as a New Day fan for me to hear as a guy that has a box of bootios on, un, unopened <laughs> from the original release. I appreciate yeah. that. I, I also think like there's a dynamic where you can have your cake and eat it too because I think of like when DX was a heel faction and it's like Hunter is the champion, like he's still doing single stuff. Like do you miss um, like the powerhouse days when you were in NXT as a singles competitor and like you were viewed as like a main event guy. And that's like, well, when you get stuck in a faction, it's like, we're doing a lot of mixed tag. We're doing a lot of tag team stuff. We're doing a lot of like ringside when Kofi's doing single stuff. I feel like you, uh, you could definitely be a singles competitor. That's a, a main eventer threatening for a, a major title while not having to separate from the new day. Yeah, man, I'd love to do more single stuff, especially uh, the last couple years. You know, I, I get when people say like, oh, you guys are getting stale, or you're stuck in a rut. There are times where I feel like we could use a change too. But I mean, you know how it works. If you cover wrestling enough and you cover WWE, you know how it works. We're like people, people sometimes reach out to me like I write the show. We acknowledge this entertainment. You know, I don't write the show. You know what I mean? Like I do the best to we have a certain level of creative freedom in that I can tweak a promo. And you might give me something, but I still have to hit the bullet points, but I can't rewrite the show. I don't write my own programs and feuds. Like, that's not something, we don't do that. So to me, it's always been about trying to do the best I can with what I'm given. And that's mm-hmm. always been something in my mind. I, there's never a, a moment where I feel like I've made it and I can coast and I can just show up to work and collect the check. I'm just not wired that way. Because even 11, I'm almost at 11 years of being under contract with the company and I still love what I do. Like legitimately, there are times, like, I get it's not always easy and I might moan and complain, but when you're out there and the lights are on, I love performing more than just about anything. And uh, there's a lot more I'd like to do with my career. And I still think we can stay together as a faction. I'd love to do single stuff. Um, when you talk like my NXT run, I love, that was phenomenal. And there are elements of that that I do miss, being a powerhouse and getting to have something unique like the five count. but. 
I tried and I tried when I came up, and that wasn't something that we were going to do on the main roster, despite having this theme. When I heard my theme song and it was three and enough, I five, I thought, oh, Such okay. a good theme, man. We're, I'm doing this on the main roster. Let's go. This is <laughs> happening. But there's no explanation whatsoever. I didn't do it. And uh, I, I thought I came up in a good spot, you know, a spot where with Dolph and AJ where I could then branch off and do my own stuff. But it didn't really work that way. You know, I ended up turning on Dolph and I was with AJ. And then I was just kind of a valet for a while. And then I think I was off TV for a little bit. And then I got to have the IC title run, um, which I always give credit to Punk because like, he pretty much saved my career by putting in a good word for me at that moment. And I got to work Punk and then won the IC title. And then I was kind of established then. But uh, yeah, man, there's a lot more I'd like to do with my career. But in, I don't stay up at night like worrying about it or stressing about it either. You know, I, I show up and I try to prove that I'm main event caliber with the way I perform. And man, sometimes you only have like that triple threat we had. We, I think in total it was probably a, a four minute, five minute match on TV. If that, like, you know, we work within these confines and you have to do your best to deliver within those. And that's all I can do. So it's, it's been cool. I feel like there's a good amount of people that give me feedback that say, hey man, you, you can be, uh, world champion um, and I, I believe that as well like I believe I can as well and I'm prepared for it but uh, to me I've never never have I felt like I need to turn on Kofi and Woods and leave New Day behind to to accomplish that goal yeah I think I think one of the cool things too is that like when I first discovered you it was on social media like it wasn't even like you were in NXT and you were making these like almost like skits on social media. And I was like, this dude's hilarious. Like, I can't wait for him to get on like the main roster. And I thought you were going to be doing like more comedy stuff. And then like when you debut on the main roster, it's more serious and you're the badass guy. And now we're getting to see like the comedic side in recent years. Do you have any itch to sort of get into more of that stuff? Like outside of wrestling where you're doing like sketch comedy, like you could be, you could be doing movies where you're basically like Kevin Hart, like, <laughs> but, but like, you're just way bigger. <laughs> yeah, no, man. I, I love it, man. It's my, my favorite thing is, and it sounds cliche and corny. We talk all the time about like putting smiles on faces, but legitimately, man, especially on live events, we have a little bit more freedom. I love being able to look around and see that whatever nonsense I'm doing is making someone laugh or smile. And I got into wrestling because I missed, like I had a void when I stopped playing football because of my injuries like football was my dream and I had this void because I didn't have that physical outlet anymore and that was why I got into wrestling but then over the last like five six years it's been it's been entertaining the entertainment side that I really enjoy that's what's really fulfilling and I've gotten the chance to do some cool things like I have this um adult swim show I'm on uh called laser wolf uh we've, mm -hmm. we've recorded a second season I love doing voice work I'm trying to do more of that uh, I, I don't know if I like want to be a serious actor. I don't know if that's something I want to do, but I think in like doing sketch comedy would be fun, making people mm -hmm. laugh. And I think there are other avenues in entertainment that I'd like to pursue, but I mean, that's easier said than done. Like, Hey, I want to show up in Hollywood and someone give me a ton of money to, <laughs> yeah. to do comedies, you know, but the cool thing is we have a nice track record of so many guys who come from this business with rock, Cena, Batista. We have so many guys who have had like really good, uh, careers in Hollywood so uh, who knows man sometimes I worry that maybe I'm not ambitious enough like I'm not a workaholic I, I'm not the type to like be knocking on every single door politicking to 
to get where I need to be in Hollywood. I like. You should hire me as your manager. I'll I'll be more than happy to. Yeah, the three of us will just talk you up. Yeah. I appreciate that. That might be the route. (laughs) I have a question about football. You keep coming back to college football. Is there like a kinship behind the scenes of WWE of the former football guys like you, Roman Reigns, Baron Corbin? You ever, you guys ever just talk football? You ever just want to get competitive about it? Yeah. I mean, there's an element of that. I'm less into like the back in my day, I would have knocked you on your ass talk because <laughs> I played one season of college football as a backup. I had a bunch of injuries. Like who am I to talk? You know, we had guys like, uh, like Stabby who, who started for the Bucks for years. Um, we've had some guys who have had like better careers than me. So I don't like talking in that aspect, but I love college football. And there are a lot of guys that I like talking to who didn't necessarily play like Tom Phillips is a huge Penn State guy, and he, he loves uh, just getting in my ass uh, whenever Penn State plays Iowa. Um, so there, there are guys like that. I, I talked to Corbin, too, about college ball. We, we talk ball. So it's for me, it's less of that, like, chirping about, like, what I would have done back in my day. And, and there's just – there's a few guys who are just college football fans, uh, and we'll, we'll watch games together because, you know, it's a traveling circus, man. We spend so many days on the road uh, together each year. So – uh, yeah, there's definitely an element of guys. And, and I've talked to like three or four guys I work with already today about the draft and how excited they are about that. All right. We're looking forward to it too. Biggie, thank you so much for your time. Check him out on SmackDown USA at 8 p.m. on Fridays. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks, boys.